Still waiting for my bonus there. One second. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Erasable Podcast. This is episode 166 and I am Tim Wassum along with Andy Welfley and Johnny Gamber. Hey guys. Hey. Hey. It's, it's been, been a while. while. Yeah. Happy yeah. new fiscal year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I didn't roll over our finances so our P&L sheets still look, still, still still look like last my, year. Still waiting for my bonus there. One second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, you guys, you know, y'all listening might have forgotten what we sound like because we kind of accidentally took a month off though our patreon friends did get an episode of indelible in the interim but we're back tonight we're excited to be talking and catching up on some stuff that we've missed over the past month so we're gonna have we have an episode that's just packed with fresh points and all the things that you've been just on the edge of your seat waiting to hear us talk about (laughs) (laughs) or that we've been just dying to talk about with each other is the more accurate way to put that so but as always we'll start with tools of the trade and let's start with Johnny. So I finished Nickel Boys really quickly. And then the next book I wanted to read wasn't here yet. So I went just sort of poking around on our bookshelf and I found a copy of Things Fall Apart, which everybody's read and I hadn't read. So I read that book and got constantly hungry because they're always talking about food and spirits, but mostly food. That's what I remember. And speaking of food, we watched Grantchester recent from the beginning which is interesting like when you know that oh spoiler (laughs) when you know they're going to change vickers it's interesting to watch the first one as he sort of falls apart and then doesn't fall apart and then suddenly leaves grantchester is about a small church um in cambridge and it's sort of like father brown the pre or the the vicar helps solve crimes but in this one the policeman and the vicar are very good friends unlike Father Brown, who famously just gets on everybody's nerves because he's too smart. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting, kind of enlightened. And the guy who played John Little in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, is in it as like a very tall old man with blue eyes. So that's it's worth watching for that, for sure. And um, hmm. I've just been using lots of different yellow vintage number two pencils that are stashed around whenever I need a pencil lately. Mostly old Ticonderogas. And today I was using an old Eberhard Faber Mongol with the really big Eberhard Faber letters. It's just dreamy. I really like it. I wish I had 50 dozens, but these are really hard to get. And I'm writing in my red field notes. How about you, Andy? Nice. Well, we just started, I guess, since since last time we talked, a new series that's on AMC called Kevin Can F Himself. Have you, either of you heard about this? <laughs> I would like it. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, it sounds great. <laughs> so it's, it's this really interesting show that plays with TV genres. So part of it is like this sitcom and it stars Annie Murphy, who was Alexis in Schitt's Creek. And she's like this sitcom wife and it it really plays on that like that trope that sitcom trope where like in the king of queens and um it shows like that where it's kind of like the schlubby guy and like the <laughs> like the hot wife and where and they just constantly sort of like rag on her and like do like dumb stuff and then when whenever annie murphy's character like walks out of like the room with with her husband it, it switches to like this gritty like drama and I don't think it's a spoiler oh. to say that her her like secret plot is she's trying to figure out how to kill her husband <laughs> because he's just like such a such a <laughs> a moron and and just kind of oppressive. And so it it 
really plays with uh, both sitcom and like gritty drama genres. Just the lighting is amazing. Like when it's when it's on, you know, when it's in sitcom mode, like it's just like a single camera and or like a, several different like stationary camera angles and like there's a laugh track and yeah, it's 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 pretty good. How are you watching it through the AMC app? Which uh, I wouldn't recommend. If you <laughs> I mean, that's the only way I can watch it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so watching it through the MC app, like a few days later than the episode airs, I think. Gotcha. I don't, because I don't want to pay $5 a month or whatever for AMC. There's AMC Plus and there's also AMC Premiere. Don't know what the difference is. <laughs> they don't know what the difference is. It's just a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to see some of the Premier's worst. Premiere is more expensive. That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> if ever you want to see some of the worst commercials in your life, <laughs> you can watch it on the app. So watching that, I was thinking about, since we have the app, like trying to see if I can find some old episodes of um, Halt and Catch Fire, which is one of my favorite TV series ever. It's on uh, Netflix, I think. Um, Oh, is it? Yeah, that's where I watched it. Oh, that's good to know. Assuming it's on there, you know, they they switch in and out of their licensing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Peacock just just took off Columbo and we're we're just a little shattered because we missed, (laughs) basically, basically just missed all of the 80s. So we okay. So see, so watch that. Did you see that? Sorry, on wait, wait, don't tell me. There was something about Columbo and how. What's the guy's name? The main guy, Columbo. Like the character, <laughs> oh, like the actor, Peter Falk. Peter Falk. Yeah. So uh, there was some country. I want to say it was in Hungary or some. It was some Eastern European country that was obsessed with Columbo, <laughs> and it was a country where and like the people were starting to protest and riot. Because they were convinced that the government was preventing them from getting more Columbo. <laughs> Instead of like, it just was episodes. over. Yeah. Like the the country was trying to convince them, like, no, we're not censoring this. We're not keeping it from you because it was, and I, I should figure out what the country is, but they actually had to have Peter Falk in New York record a video <laughs> saying like, Hey, it's me just telling you, you really are. This is the show's over. You haven't seen, you're not missing any episodes <laughs> to convince them to not like throw a, coup yeah. in their country <laughs> wow apparently the videos on youtube of him like actually giving that <laughs> like like talking them off that ledge i will look for that that's amazing <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's such a good show like i just like i don't know like i i love how it's different from other murder mysteries in that like you know who the killer is from the start and he just sort of like hounds them until yeah until they solve it and then also william shatner has been on two different episodes and <laughs> what's just it's what's so delightful is he just like is the worst like his character is the worst <laughs> and <laughs> like he he manages to fit the idea of him being unable to act into the character <laughs> so <laughs> It's just like, I don't know, it's it's art. It really is. It's sort of like when Kevin Spacey pretended to be evil on House of Cards and it turns out Kevin Spacey is actually super evil. T- turns out <laughs> turns out he really was. <laughs> yeah. So that's why he was so good at that role. <laughs> it wasn't a script. Yeah. It was like a dare. They were like pretend to be a senator. He's like, "Okay." He just he just knew. And I'm also I've been reading a bunch of kind of random science fiction short stories because on the behest of a coworker of mine i joined this virtual science fiction reading group and oh, neat. it starts on wednesday and they give you two sci-fi short stories each week and i think all of these are related to like speculative fiction and the first one we read an ursula k Le Guin story called the Shobi story which is from this book of short stories that i could not find anywhere 
um, except for this this Google Books scan that they provided a link to, and then also this book by N.K. Jemison that is from just a couple years ago. So yeah, that is that's what's going on with me, and I'm writing with a. That sounds great. Yeah, I'll send you. Um, I would love to be in a short story book club. I'd like to see the list. Yeah, I'll send that to you. I, stories. I think, like, even if you. What they're doing is on Wednesdays, they have like a Zoom that you can participate in and or watch or whatever. I haven't done any of this mm-hmm. yet, but I'm sure you can just read the list if you don't want to if you don't want to do that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll pass that along. Cool. cool. And then I am writing with a, a golden bear, a nice blue one in my uh, brand newly, newly opened orange coffin up that I just started. Oh, nice. Which I will talk a little bit more about in Fresh Points. And Tim, how about you? Nice. Last week, I blew through a book called Killers of the Flower Moon. Have either of you read this? Good title, though. Yeah. Yeah. So the the full title is Killers of the Flower Moon, the Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI. And I had it came out in 2017, I think. Hmm. I don't know, but I just I had heard about it. And then sort of the, the sequence of events that led me to the book was that I found out that Jason Isbell was my, you know, I've talked about him a million times, but Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson had been cast in the new Martin Scorsese movie. Hmm. And I was like, what? Like that's, you know, that's pretty wild. What is he an actor? This? Look, <laughs> this is Jason Isbell's first time. Yeah, wow. Sturgill Simpson was in a, he was in a show on CBS about this, like it was like a drama about this Southern railroad, like depot or something like that. But uh, yeah, so this is his first role. And it's a Scorsese movie with DiCaprio and De Niro. And the, it was called Killers of the Flower Moon. And I mentioned it to a friend and she was like, I've read that book. It's incredible. And so I picked it up. And sure enough, I blew through it in like three days. And it is, it's a nonfiction book. And it's telling the story of the Osage Indians um, in Oklahoma who had been pushed around by the government here and there. Like, you can stay here. Wait, never mind. Now you got to go here. Now you got to go to here. And they ended up in this, this spot. And it was their right. Like it was kind of, they're like, okay, finally you can have this and we're not going to take it away from you. But then they found like crap tons of oil. And the Osage Indians became the richest per capita people on the planet because of how much oil they were finding. And so this is in the 1920s. And then some shenanigans started with white people being white people and being greedy. And, you know, several of them got hurt uh, or killed or attempted to be murdered. And so when Herbert or J. Edgar Hoover took over the Bureau of Investigation, it became like the first flagship case of what became the FBI. Hmm. But it's super cool. And something like the, the, the officers that are there doing the investigation, some of them are former like Texas Rangers and stuff. So it's not like who you'd think of as the FBI agents. They're these kind of like rough dudes. It's it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. So I can't recommend it enough. I could talk about it all night, <laughs> as you as you can probably tell. But it follows the the story of what happened to the, the women, these these three sisters, or these two sisters and their mom. What happened in the investigation, and then the last section is what happened when David Gran, who's a staff writer for the New Yorker, who wrote the book, what happened when he went to Oklahoma and ended up finding even more stuff. Oh wow! Almost almost a hundred years later. So. Hmm. Really awesome book. And uh, I've been listening to a lot of the Wood Brothers who I've talked about, but it's probably been a while. It's just one of those things where you rediscover a band that you've been listening to for many years and kind of forgot about them. And then they come back and it's like all you want to listen to all day long. 
that's so a good feeling. <laughs> that's I've been listening to a lot of the Wood Brothers, especially an album of theirs called Loaded, which is wonderful. Jane and I have been watching the reality show Alone on Netflix. Have either of you ever no, watched it? I never I heard of so. this. Hmm. Really? Oh man, it's it's pretty wild. It's this is apparently there have been like ten seasons, so it's been around for a while or eight seasons, something like that. But the concept is they take a group of ten people, they take them out into the some spot in the world in the wilderness, and they're left by themselves with a certain number of tools they're allowed to bring. They have to find their own food, and whoever stays the longest wins. Hmm. But this season is like it's up in the the Arctic, like it's like way up north in in Canada. And they have, they have to stay a hundred days to win and the winner gets a million dollars. Oh, wow. So mm. it's really intense. And these people are. <laughs> I want to do this. Johnny's going to huh? do it. I want to do this. I could do it. <laughs> Watch it first because <laughs> it's <is> pretty horrible. <laughs> I mean, I might die. <laughs> I mean, the last. Oh, yeah. Hey, better yeah. way of dying than um, most ways. <laughs> they're. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are people who have been training for it for like a decade, and it's like what they do for a living is like tracking and outdoorsy junk like that. And, you know, in like 13 days in, they're like, I got to tap out. Something happened, you know, <laughs> like and they have to come home. And then there are other people who are like, you know, running up to a musk ox and killing it with a knife. Like, <laughs> what? It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. So anyways, I, I recommend it. And it's, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's a good good show to watch and it, and it moves pretty quickly for a reality show. I think there's only like ten episodes or something like that. Hmm. But uh, yeah, Jane and I watched that. And the last thing, which is inspired by the pencil I'm using, which is the Blackwing 64, which we'll talk about later. Really enjoying that, and that kind of made me want to. After I had finished uh, Killers of the Flower Moon and then a couple other books, it made me want to read a graphic novel, which I'm very poorly versed in. Like I'm illiterate in graphic novels and comics and things like that. And so I picked up. It was actually found it on Scribd. Uh, a PDF of mouse, yeah. which I had seen a reference as like, you know, a classic in the genre or like one of the first in the like modern graphic novel genre. And I just started that like a couple days ago. And so I'm like halfway through it. I'll probably finish it the next time I sit down and focus on it, but I'm really enjoying that. And I'm looking for recommendations. I have a list somewhere when we had Tiffany Babb on, and I know she gave me some to read that I, I need to find that list, but anybody else has recommendations of, Sort of, I'm, I'm really interested in reading, like, because I'm so new to this, like, canon graphic novels or comics that I can get access to fairly easily. I have this, I have Sandman. Mm. So I'm going to read that. You know, Gaiman. I have Mouse. Does and your, I've got a couple others saved. Does your library do, oh crap, what is the name of that app? It's not Overdrive. Can't, Libby? I can't think of what it's called. The Libby app? No, it's not Libby. It does, it's for, like, oh, multimedia. Yeah. So you, I think it has some books, oh. but it has, like, movies. Canopy with called? a K. Is that it? Something like that. I'll find the one that I'm I'm thinking of. I bet that there's a bunch okay. of apps like this, but they often have graphic novels. Cool. Yeah, my library app, my library app, the Libby app, has some. Oh, really? Okay. That I've so I've seen some on there, but it has it's been kind of hard to find, and and a lot of them are like manga books and stuff, which I'm not not have, really there. Did you find the Escapist? No. The thing that they did with Shabon. Oh no, I've never read that, but I'm aware of that. I'm gonna write that down. But uh, yes, I, I'm eager for recommendations because I'm just I've always been really curious about the genre of graphic novels and, and comics. And I did not grow up reading comics like I probably read three comics growing up. It just was not something that I got into. I feel like I missed out. And so I want to catch up. And I also want to better understand for the sake of 
helping my son pick out books that he'll really love and the stuff that's out there right now. So looking for Rex. There's and I, yeah, so I'm writing with the black. There's one called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. That's super interesting if you could find it. No, I mean, unrelated. No, no, my I had a teacher that recommended it to me just because of the name thing, and it was like really good. It was the '90s, so people weren't so sensitive about depicting violence. Consider it, maybe they were considered. I did read. (laughs) I did read a. I, I have a graphic novel version of slaughterhouse five from the library. Hmm. And I just read, and actually this is the one that I had read a little while ago, but I read a graphic novel version of Moby Dick, which was a very, very wonderful way to take in that story. Interesting. It was super great. It was really well done. And it's not, you know, 40, 40,000 pages long (laughs) with all the pictures. It was great. It was fantastic. We get it. You hate the whale. (laughs) (laughs) This whale sucks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm writing with a Blackwing 64 and I am using a green field notes ambition, a beautiful sticker of Sven from Frozen on the front that my sister, or I mean my my daughter, <laughs> put on there for me. Nice. So, yeah, oh. that's me. All right, let's get into some fresh points. We've got a billion. So, billion. Johnny, let's kick it back to you. Okay. So, speaking of get us started, children. Rosie turns five in two days on Bastille Day. So oh. they, my kids, we try to practice handwriting because. You know, kids don't write a lot. And then with virtual schooling, as you can imagine, they don't write at all. So she has two pilot kakunos because she just like she likes them. She's got a white and blue and a white and pink. And she changes the ink around and she uses them until they're you know done and helps me clean them and stuff. So she looked up at me one day and it's like, Daddy, can I have a fountain pen for my birthday? I'm like, yeah. So I just picked ones that I thought would be kid friendly in purple. They had to be purple. And um, the shark one is on, there's a purple shark one. <laughs> she was scared of the shark one. The Jinhao. Oh, but <laughs> she passed up. What was on there? A purple Lamy from last year. The candy one. Parker Vector. Uh, a Pilot Metro and something else. And she picked the new sport in lavender. So she wanted that. Ooh, good choice. And then she wanted a converter. And I don't have one for mine. So they were actually not a terrible deal to buy a two pack. So. Score for daddy. The Kaweco converters. This thing is so tiny. It's so small. Like it holds like like a hummingbird's stomach worth of ink. Like, <laughs> She'll like that because then she can, incredibly she can tiny. switch them out. But Maybe then, you could just use mm-hmm. a hummingbird like a fountain pen. <laughs> if you yeah, catch it. Not a bad idea. There you go. <laughs> that really fine point. I mean beak. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is that was about to get dark. I was gonna be like, <laughs> oh, go, I'm gonna go for the stub nib. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Sorry. Um, (laughs) She did not want purple ink because we have a lot of purple. She wanted red, even though we have red. So she got red ink that sent it like roses from Jihirban. So that's her present from daddy. And she's like all excited. But she does use pencils constantly. She just favors, you know, Frozen one or Disney fairies. She doesn't really care. As long as it's cute and sharp, she's ready to go and speaking of sharp i was wondering if tim would weigh in on his new electric pencil sharpener oh yeah i'm pushing you <laughs> yeah so i bought the same one that you got johnny right it's the yeah or you've got two but this is one of the same yeah so it's a exacto and so i i love it like the first day i said i think i sent you a picture johnny or at least had sent you a message that i just walked around sharpening pencils <laughs> like i would just find pencils around the house and we have 
One of my favorite, I don't know if I ever talked about this, one of my favorite accessories, stationary accessories in our house that I found it, I got for free at school somehow, but it's a pencil cup that has a flat back and it's about five inches long and the flat back has a magnet. And so it just sticks to the side of our fridge. Oh, neat. And it probably holds like, you know, 20 pencils or something. And I think over the course of the day, I just kept grabbing one out and I'd walk over and (laughs) sharpen it and put it back in. And eventually I did the whole thing and I like it. And one question I have, and I was actually thinking about this earlier today to ask you, Johnny, about yours. Does it, does gravity matter (laughs) with, with electric pencil sharpeners? Like if it's, if it's on a table that's slanted forward or is like uneven, does that mess with the sharpener? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's tilted back by design, but mm-hmm. I mean, not all of them are. I mine. Yeah, I'm sure you've noticed that like the the shavings sort of pile up instead of spreading out if you don't spread them yourself. And yeah. I didn't pay attention. and I didn't sharpen or empty it for like four months. So that peak like went up inside of the gears and I had to take it apart and like vacuum it. And there was a really big mess. But I imagine gravity would probably help that to spread it a little bit if it was tilted forward. Yeah, and I wasn't even thinking about those. It was just like I was noticing that I had it upstairs in our dining room, which my wife was not crazy about for some reason. <laughs> I um, have one in the dining and room. And so, but it was, it was sharpening. Yeah, I've got I've got a little more room. So I was, she's like, do we have other rooms that this could be in? So, you know, so but I and I, you know, sharpened was sharpening all these pencils. It was great. It was great. It was great. These perfect points. And then I took it downstairs, and I've got it right next to me right now in our den plugged it in and all of a sudden everything was sharpening like off center weird are you like like it was canoeing everything was like canoeing on the side you know what i'm talking about yeah like the, are you at a different angle when you use it i was hanging from the ceiling does that count <laughs> I mean, like you know <laughs> is underwater it, <laughs> I, is it above you or we have zero gravity you? basement i don't know what it's like <laughs> in baltimore but that's tennessee so <laughs> i don't know if that's that's why i asked does gravity matter Close we don't have gravity <laughs> in my in, in our den, if you're below ground level <laughs> in Tennessee, then you float. That's, I don't know if that's they taught you that. No, mine, mine is up above my waist on my desk, so I'm sort of coming up at it. And I notice it sharpens mm-hmm. really well. And the one in the dining room, I'm taller than the, the half shelf, and that one doesn't sharpen as well. Mm-hmm. But that one's also different. Okay. different version. So I always thought that was it. Well, you know, that's, I don't know, that's interesting. I'm going to mess around with it. But like it was higher upstairs than it, than it is now. But whatever. I love it. It's been great. And I, I'm afraid to say that I haven't, it's like, I feel like I'm losing my purist status by no longer using my crank sharpeners. Cause I don't think I've touched it in like a no, month. You know what? Like, this is real purist where you're not getting cutesy. You're just like, just sharpen the damn pencil and like get moving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't even For care sure. anymore. No artisanal pencil sharpening here. Yeah. The hell with no. it got, it has a little Still guy using in there my... with a chainsaw. <laughs> I still have fun with my, my hand sharpeners. So I'm still using those. <laughs> But in my hovel, still using that, you know, here and there, because that's just too much fun to not use. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, thanks for asking. But I, I I do love it. I got a black one. It holds. Yeah. Like it would. I think in the first day, you'd be surprised at how much I filled it up <laughs> in that first day. I mean, it was like it was like halfway full. I sharpened like 40, 50 pencils. I don't know. I just kept coming back to it. <laughs> but I like it. It's staying. I'm keeping it. Yeah. I just. It, you don't know when it's full because of the heaping thing. And also because it's so dark and you get used to not emptying it. You're just like, whatever, I'm using it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, there's graphite dust on the wall, like the window. Madness. It's in my pockets. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's rough. Just floating around the air because of the zero gravity. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, yes, the gravity does matter. problematic. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay. Good. <laughs> so right now I'm I'm yeah I'm buckled. I have a seatbelt that's holding me in my chair right now. So <laughs> make sure you buckle. That graphite's going to get if you hear controls, something. Uh... If you. <laughs> You hear something noisy, it's just the cat floating around. So. <laughs> it would be neat if they had one that had like a built in vacuum that went on when the blade went on so that it could suck it into like some sort of huge canister. Like and those, like, like the clippers that the yeah, barber has. The that has like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would be a great kick. That's like, a, what's the uh, in Wayne's World vacuum suck or what was it called? Or that thing that's like a vacuum cleaner that cuts your hair? <laughs> the flubby. Yeah. Is that what they call it? So. That's the brand name in the movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it sure does suck. So we need like a, va- a vacuum sharp or something. A vacu like that. sharp. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> okay. This is a good idea. Let's, let's make some money. <laughs> <laughs> patent, patent pending. Patent yeah. pending. <laughs> so we haven't been on in a while. So I put out a pencil zine like four weeks ago. Maybe put out like six of them since we last time. <laughs> <laughs> The pencil one, just just the one. It's purple. Oh, just the one. And it has beach drawings on it that I spent a lot of time on. But uh, did, say you, Charlotte did you draw those like yourself? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not super good artist, uh, but Charlotte God, was taking forever great. to do her cartoons. So, <laughs> so this time I pay her to do it. I was like, I'm not paying you. This is late. So now she's already <laughs> most of the way done. So not renewing your contract. <laughs> yeah, I lied to her. I'm like, it's it's going to press Wednesday. So like, have your shit in, or you're out. And I'm gonna put a notice <laughs> in there, being like, Charlotte, you're done Trump. in this town. You hear? <laughs> you're pulling pulling the Trump there. Yeah, it's like I want to be a cartoonist well, for the New Yorker. Country. So I figure this is good training. Some jerk <laughs> editor. It's like this is late. This is crap. I can see the blue line. But she she uses like <laughs> you know the non photo blue pencils and stuff, and like gets mm-hmm. gets into it. So that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, it's still shipping free because the new one's delayed because I didn't feel like it at summer. So that'll come out soon. <laughs> It'll be pink. I already bought the stock. It's like violently pink, like entrail pink. <laughs> Did you say entrail pink? Yeah, I apologize yeah. in advance. <laughs> I mean, it's pink. The The color name is just pink in all caps. It's like Pepto-Bismol? No. <laughs> <laughs> Pepto-Bismol if you were really <laughs> high <laughs> the b- Pepto-Bismol with a black light on something, yeah. A black light and the bong <laughs> I mean, is that what they call it? Yes <laughs> Yes <laughs> The kids Okay, I'm going to stop before I embarrass myself more And move on to Andy <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm sure I'll find plenty of ways to embarrass myself. First one I'll mention that is is a little embarrassing, which but is a lot of fun. Is I just got a new keyboard. I'm already it's still still on this train. This one I told you. I think I said when you got your first one, I said that eventually we're going to have like a live episode <laughs> and we're going to see a rack of them behind just you. All like, of the keyboards. Like your walls just going to be lined with keyboards. <laughs> this one I I ran across. I think I was telling you about Seth McCombs, who is somebody from the San Francisco Stationery Meetup, and he has. Uh, it's called a prionic keyboard. And basically what that means is all of the keys are lined up in um, like straight rows instead of instead of staggered. It's still like a QWERTY layout and everything, but it just kind of like lined up. And because it's not staggered, they, you don't have like keys that are extra big, like the backspace and the, you know, the pipe and the backslash key and the enter key. They're all just like the regular size. And that just kind of like gives you a, oh, just, just makes it more compact. 
So I was really interested in that, and I bought one on drop.com. And it is a full keyboard. It has the arrows. It doesn't have function keys, but you can, like, as a modifier key to make, you know, the top row functions. And it came disassembled. I basically just, like, screwed the circuit board into the base and screwed the key spacer on top of that and then plugged in the switches, which was kind of a fun thing to do. It made you feel like you were building something, but it wasn't like you didn't have to like solder anything, which is good. So I bought bought that keyboard, and then I bought um, these really cool keycaps. I have a link, a link in the show notes. Uh, they're called uh, Dasher keycaps, and they're made to look like um, the keys from an old 1970s IBM Dasher key, like like computer terminal. And if you look up IBM Dasher, you can kind of see what that looks like, but. Really love the colors here. They're just kind of different colors of blue. And what I really like are the letters, like onto the top of the key, the letters are like centered instead of kind of off and to the left. So I assembled that and <laughs> I'm still still getting used to, to typing with it. It is because I feel like yeah. in the middle, does it feel very normal? And then the closer you get to your pinkies and then like the bottom row, it becomes foreign. Well, I... I, I was noticing when I was typing with this, and I don't know why this is. Maybe it's because I'm left-handed. I have zero idea. But like when I type with all the stuff on the left side, like the QWERT mm-hmm. and the ASDF and that stuff, it feels okay. Mm-hmm. But that, but then the right side just com- feels completely off to me. And it's so weird because <laughs> I can use it like accurately like 80% of the time because all the keys are in the right <laughs> order. But because they're not staggered, like that 20% of the time is the real killer. Like I'm just like... yeah. <laughs> So my typing productivity today at work have, has been a little been a little off. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking at a picture of it, and it's like F T G H Y. That that area is pretty much like how it is on a normal keyboard, just a little bit offset. Mm-hmm. But then I'm imagining having Q A and Z straight up and down. Yeah, and that would like mess with my head. Yeah, like big time. Yeah, and that the, the space bar I'm looking at is about the size of like a fun size Hershey bar. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, the space bar is the only key that's bigger yeah. than the other ones. And that's that's the size of two keys next to each other. It's uh it's weird. It's a weird keyboard. It's <laughs> the alleged like the reason that this exists is it's supposed to be A, it's like more compact and like like good for space. But then B, it's supposed to be very uh efficient to use because if you use home <laughs> if you use home rows, you can like your fingers can like reach everything. You don't have to like stretch too far more than like one or two keycaps away. So I don't use home oh, yeah. rows. So it's like a little, a little weird. I just use kind of. When you say use home rows, you mean like you always have your fingers at ASDF? Yeah. And... Like you, yeah, yeah, if you took okay. like, if you ever took like typing in school, they tried to teach this to you and oh, yeah. you would, you would rest your, your fingers on like your index fingers on like F and J. And then you, mm-hmm. yeah. that's, that's what I remember doing. Wilbur Wright Middle School, yeah. Monster, Indiana. Mavis had a cardboard box over my hand, yeah. <laughs> so we couldn't see our hands. I had my parents one time. You know how they had Mavis Beacon teach us typing. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Mario teach the typing, and if you <laughs> type the right letters, Mario, like as in like the Nintendo Mario, would like jump in. Mm-hmm. If you type the wrong letter, he would get like hit by a by a Goomba or whatever. <laughs> oh, man. So, I learned how to type. Uh, I'm having fun with that. Writer. School. Yeah, yeah. Me, me too. My my grandma had one, and yeah, I learned how to type, and then I would just like hit computer keyboards real hard because of that. I still type too hard. <laughs> well, uh, you really need to go for a mechanical keyboard because I feel like it's made for like hard typing. Yeah, I had one in college, and like I got rid of it 
when I, you know, when I got a new computer, I just, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't want this thing. It's loud. And then later on, I'm like, damn, that was so cool. It was heavy. Just put it on your lap and tell you, it's probably in my father's garage. He doesn't throw anything away. Hmm. <laughs> you got a project for this weekend. Yeah. It's really well, uh, <laughs> If you go to drop drop.com you can assemble you can assemble your own keyboard you can pick out your own like s- size and form factor and your own keycaps and your own switches you can get real real into it so that's what I've been thinking about lately I also wanted to mention I mentioned this on indelible which is that that other podcast that we do for patreon subscribers but if anybody in the Bay Area or on the west-ish, west-ish side of the country wants to come to the San Francisco Pen Show in late August. I will be doing some kind of a seminar on Saturday morning. So the, I think it's the 28th, 27th, 28th, June, August. That is, the, I think I'm probably going to have like a short presentation, maybe about like a broad history of pencils, and then basically just bring a bunch of pencils and sharpeners and papers and erasers and things with me for people to try and play with, which was a big hit a few years ago at the Pen Show. But yeah, let me know if you are coming to the San Francisco Pen Show and let's let's meet up and hang out. Jealous, jealous, jealous. Come on out, Johnny. Rosie starts school. Get on that train. Yeah, see you in a long trip. (laughs) Three weeks (laughs) on on the train. Yeah, that's like, what is that? That's a good four or five days. Probably, yeah. That would be so fun. Just a big, just a train trip. Oh, I want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I um, also uh, noticed recently, and I wonder, I actually have no idea when pencils.com, or I guess blackwing.com made this available, but we talked a while ago about the like last year, um, about the collaboration between Blackwing and Timeless Coffee, which is an Oakland-based coffee shop. And they had like a special Blackwing blend, and you could get a notebook that was kind of customized with the Timeless Coffee's patterns. And they, they had a mug with the Blackwing logo and the Timeless Coffee logo on it. And they, I really, really wanted, I mean, I wanted the coffee and I wanted the mug, but I didn't really care about the notebook, about the slate. And finally, they pieced out the bundle that they were selling, and you can buy each of these components individually. So bought the the really cool big diner mug with the Blackwing logo and the Timeless Coffee logo on one side, and then on the other side, it is a scorpion, a one-eyed scorpion, which is Timeless Coffee's logo with a Blackwing kind of like wrapped around its, or its tail is wrapped around a Blackwing pencil. Awesome mug. $10, which is pretty inexpensive for a mug these days. Yeah. Yeah. Totally pick one up if you if you think about it. And then I guess last thing I'll mention is, so I, I mentioned earlier that I'm, I started using a orange confidant. Uh, I, I started using a lined one that I um, just haven't used a, a lined, lined notebook for a while. So tr- trying this out. And one thing I was lamenting about was that confidants, which I really love the size of and most of um, don't have a little envelope in the back. And after using that Lutz term for a year, I just really grown to like that that envelope, that little pocket. And your friend of mine, Johnny Gamber, <laughs> messaged me when I was complaining about this, the lack of this. And he's like, oh, I'll make you one. What color do you want it to be? <laughs> so I'm just like, what? You're just going to make one? And you did. And Johnny made one. He <laughs> sent it to me. It's amazing. How did you come up with this, Johnny? I just ripped apart a notebook and saw how it was made <laughs> and measured very carefully. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. it looks looks really good. You did a 
just a good job of like just attaching this to the like the little I don't even know what you call it, the little accordion like paper on the side. Yeah, yeah. The, there's a really good glue stick with the Elmer's Craft Blonde. It's the best glue stick ever. And they're cheap and they kind of smell interesting. But yeah, yeah that, stuff, that stuff's super for stuff like that. Doesn't make a mess yeah. and it holds really well. Well, you did a really good job. Thank you for making this. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. I bought some I elastic. I was going to make a band for you to put around it, but I didn't think what I ordered and I ordered one that's way too thick. So I have to redo, <laughs> yeah. re- come up with that. The next thing I need is if you could figure out how to extend the confidant bookmark by just like a half of an inch. Oh, yeah, because they're always just like a little too short. But... They are too short. What's up yeah. with that? Well, Moleskin yeah. makes ones that are like five inches too long. Maybe they were like, we're not Moleskin. Yeah. We're <laughs> right. You have to tuck it back in. Did I tell you toward like a few months ago? So there, there are two bookmarks in that witch term. And one of the bookmarks just like just came out one day. Ooh. Yeah, that's just weird. like just fell out. It was weird. You you could probably like coat it in glue and sort of open the book so that you can see down the spine and shove a letter opener down there, just like jam it in there that's and true. wash the letter opener off <laughs> when you're done. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> that's a good point. Well that, that that notebook is used up and in the archives, so I'll you could that. probably do that with the Baron Fig, just get a longer piece of ribbon and stick it down oh, in the true. spine because they're really just usually glued glued in there when they put them yeah, together. That's a good point. Yeah. Cool. That is, that's it for my fresh points. Tim, how about you? First one I'll mention is I got a, a friend of mine here in town sent me a text with a link to a Twitter post and it just said, uh, this seems like something that you should know about. <laughs> and the Twitter post was from a, a account called, it's like at Mr. Strange Fact. <laughs> I think is what it says. It's loading very slowly right now. So I'm waiting for it. But anyways, yeah, it's all interesting. All things interesting at Mr. Strange Fact. And it was a picture of a pencil shop in Iran. And the pencil shop is about the size of a, like two phone booths side by side, (laughs) maybe. And I sent you guys this picture and it is the most incredible thing. And we're going to put the link in the show notes, but it is and the, the picture is just this guy who's like on the phone and he's looking and there are three walls to this shop. It's like, a, I'm guessing it's like a window or something, or, or maybe there's like a little stall door, but all three walls are just a sheet of pencils. So you're seeing the end of the pencils. It, it, it's um, amazing. Cause it would like double the size if those like of that shop, if those pencils weren't there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Because there's just right, yeah. Because you're solid wall full. Of yeah, pencils. you're losing absolutely. And even at the top, one of my favorite little details is in the in the back, at the top, there is a, some Arabic words that are spelled out in pencils. Hmm. Oh, so, yeah, so it's like a bunch of black pencils, and they use silver pencils inside of them to spell out this Arabic word, which I, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what it says, but I want to go there so bad. <laughs> um. It really hurts. And it's just really a, a fun picture to look at in high res, like on your phone or something. You can zoom in on the side and see uh, and just try to recognize things. And I, I'm, I'm guessing it's a lot of colored pencils, but I can't really tell. But it just makes me very happy that it's out there somewhere. I just so. wonder, like, yeah, like there's no those pencils aren't labeled. Like, are people just like, oh, I'll take this one and this one and this one and this one. Oh, man, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, 
just like try stuff and, out. Yeah, just kind of like whatever you find, you find. Yeah. Hey, do you have anything like this? I don't know. Hey, take go a look. look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one. I mean, there may be go. some organization to it, like section by section. I don't know if it's like how how I don't know if this guy in the picture is the owner or if he's just shopping with a giant cell phone by his ear. I don't know. We got to get Caroline but, uh, to make a, a pencil wall like that. Yeah. Awesome. She or I wonder if he listens to this podcast and then he started this pencil shop to rival <laughs> CW pencil. He's just like, "There's this place in New York. You think that's pencil? You think that's a wall of pencils? Let me show <laughs> you a wait. wall of pencils. <laughs> I'll show you a wall of that's pencils. That's not a knife. Yeah, like uh, you trans translate the uh, the Arabic up in the back and it <laughs> says like DR pencils or something <laughs> like whatever his his initials are. <laughs> It's just like I'm coming for you. So, anyways, that just made me very happy. And we'll, that's, I feel like that's a front runner for the, oh, yeah, the episode art. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cause it's just so impressive. I have another front runner though for our art uh, or our, our episode art here. My sister in law, who's an interior designer, showed me this amazing artist named Jessica Drank. And she has all kinds of amazing art using different mediums, but two stick out in particular. One is if you go to the the link, Jessica drink, Jessica D R E N K.com. Such a good last name. And she has a, uh, a collection called implements and all of these pieces of art are made of pencils. So this is like, you see those videos <gasps> of people who take pencils and they like put them all together and they like add shellac or whatever. And they make a table or they make a, you know, a big pencil out of smaller pencils. This is like a whole nother level where she's making pieces of abstract art out of pencils that are perfectly glued together in like a really amazing way with this big cavern in the middle. And then she carves out the outside. So some of the pencils you're seeing the full length of the pencil in relief. And some of them you're just seeing the tip kind of shaved at an angle. And it is, they're just absolutely, they look like something that was found in like a pencil cave that was just like a natural occur- <laughs> naturally occurring substance of some kind, you know, somehow like pencils dripping for generations from the top of this cave. Cause one, one of them looks like a, was it like stalactites and stalagmites like attaching to one another. I just found these really striking, like really beautiful pieces of art. And she has another collection after you check that out, there's another one that I really, really, really loved, and it's called Spine. And she makes these pieces of uh, wall art that are the spine, like looking at the pages of books, and they're all lined up facing with the pages pointing out at you, like at oh, different yeah. depths. And they're they look amazing. I think she cuts. I think what actually does she does is she cuts the spine, like the you know the title or whatever. She slices that off of the book, stacks them up lines them up, glues them. And so like you're seeing what would have been the spines, but now you're seeing the kind of butt end of every page in the book. Yeah. Anyways, I'm just, yeah. There's also being our remains, which are, which is made from old books in here, which is really cool. Hmm. She like, it looks like she Uh, just like soaks them in like resin or something like that and then carves them away. And they just look like pieces of driftwood or something like petrified wood. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's another one called Tabula Rasa. You see that one where she, it looks like she takes a book and like encases it in some kind of clay or something like Mm. bakes it Mm -hmm. surrounded with, I think it's with clay and then lets it kind of crack. And so you're seeing kind of a glimpse inside the book. So 
analog lovers, this is just like some of the most amazing kind of like fine art I've seen in a while. I'm just smitten with this yeah, person. This is so mesmerizing. I would love to have her on the show. I would really love to have her on the show to talk about that. I think that would be really I'm sure she listened uh, to really this. Really fun. So, yeah, she'll hear it. <laughs> Jessica. She'll, she'll hear it. Yeah. <laughs> when we say pencil, they come run. <laughs> no, not true. But but I would love to talk to her. I'd love to hear about that process. Yeah. I mean, it's really really stunning so yeah so that's that so jessica it's jessica j-e-s-s-i-c-a-d-r-e-n-k drink.com really really amazing stuff and lastly i think we there's one thing we forgot to mention which maybe you know people might have thought that we would talk about right at the beginning or that maybe that we were being cagey by waiting until the very end but i think we were just excited about all the other things we had to talk about so (laughs) <laughs> yes that's what we do but the new black wings came out which we you know i, I think I, I briefly mentioned them earlier so we had the black wing 64 came out which is an edition that is dedicated to the comic book so i am not i am like i said earlier comic book illiterate i have very little experience with comic books, but even just looking at this, I can tell that the different sections and the colors they have here are what the original kind of oldest cheap pulp comic books, the the color patterns they used to use to represent different colors. Is that right? I mean, Andy, I feel like you maybe know more about this than I do. Yeah, they're using, they're halftoning it. So they have various like Mm halftone designs with, so apparently I guess the 64 uh, reference comes from how there were 64 colors that they used in early comics that were kind of made from those from the CMYK, right? Like the the mm-hmm. cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. And they're, yeah, they're just kind of showing what like some blown up halftones from from that. Yeah, they look they look quite striking. I I'm not like um like blown away by the design, but I really appreciate like how they're showcasing that process. I think it looks like it's really interesting looking. I wouldn't say it looks good, but I think it looks really interesting. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I said so like go ahead, Joe. Oh, I I'm I'm just hope, waiting for them to go back to lacquer and stop the roll-on printing, which is nice, but not all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I can but, I can see how they like how hard it must be to like seamlessly connect like this design together on the on the back seam. So there's definitely a seam that happens, but yeah, definitely a lacquer printing would, would be yeah, lovely. Yeah, I like the feel and the durability of a nice lacquer. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like questioning my taste because <laughs> I think these look amazing. No, it's <laughs> it's all right. It's like I Yeah, it's visually like it's so colorful yeah. and I I I completely get where where they're going with that and like why they made these design de- design decisions. Well, one thing that bugs me that bright pure yellow is at the very bottom and the moment that you sharpen it you sharpen away that yellow yeah Uh, yeah and i agree with you on that and i think i had yeah like that's one of the reasons why i put the yellow eraser on the end was to kind of give it that symmetry back back where you see all these different colors but like i don't know why they started with gray that's my only beef the eraser you know stupid yeah that they i you know you've got the gray i was guessing that's that's uh in reference to like the because the comic that cheap kind of pulpy comic book paper is was yeah it was not Mm -hmm. white it was gray that that would be my guess 
I think that's accurate. Yeah, yeah. and that, that I mean that makes sense. But also, just I mean, it looks so You're good right. with the yellow eraser. They yeah. they did give that was one of the extras. They give you some some extra uh, erasers and some of these colors, and so I think it looks really good with the yellow because it gives you that. Like I said, that symmetry. You also got a really neat hand like a hand drawn uh, mm. piece of comic book art. Yeah. Of what was it like? I don't have it in front of me. What was it like black wing black wing man woman. A woman, your man, or I can't remember. Yeah. Was. yeah. So I, I'm a big fan of this and I've been using it. I, I sharpened two of them right away and I've been using them a lot. Yeah. And I really enjoy has the, the addition and I plan to use them. Has the 602 core, which the firm core, which like I'm, I'm always yeah. a big fan of. So, yeah. It was not, yeah, nice to have that one back. And it's just been, it's been a fun one. It's, it was kind of a perfect blend of, I think it hit me so well and I liked it so much because I had this sort of, subconscious desire to get back into comic books and like experience them kind of for the first time and read some. And, and so it kind of hit that, that I had been already sort of thinking about that. And I was like, Oh, well, gosh, that's cool. So now that really makes me want to do that. So that was a, a draw to it as well, yeah. but also it's a good blend of a, a neat concept that fits the season too. It kind of has a seasonal feel to it because it feels kind of summery, you know, once you sharpen past the, the yellow, the green, and then the, yellow green red it's basically a fourth of july pencil. oh yeah it looks like a different that's interesting huh. it's like yeah. red white and blue all the way down <laughs> all the way down you know what so i might switch to like a white eraser at that point yeah so it'll be you know what else this pencil has that, that is really in, like unique to it i think so far it the black wing and then the bullet the 604 is double imprinted so there's like a little bit of a like they stamp it probably with something like without ink and then they stamp it again with ink and so it's like it looks slightly offset like like a comic book would which is pretty cool yeah i like that like you're almost like you're squinting yeah. when you're looking at it yeah. kind of, or like seeing it like a magic ink or what do they call it a the, what are those pictures called where you cross oh, your magic eyes eye pencils or pictures magic guy yeah. magic guy picture or something like yeah i like that as well yeah. so this is it's not necessarily like busting into my favorite editions ever but i've been, i was i've been really happy with it yeah I really enjoyed it and uh, i love the theme too i i, I was yeah. expecting when they when they released their teaser and they they were talking about like they just basically just showed like a big bright halftone like graphic behind behind the teaser for volume 64 uh, a bunch of mm-hmm. us in the group were thinking that maybe it was like andy warhol or like steam related like pop art related mm-hmm. and yeah not not quite but that would that would also be a, like a super cool tribute that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is better. Yeah. I'm I'm happy they yeah. went with this, but yeah. but yeah. So yay. Good job, Bob. I like it. Oh, they also in kind of in addition, you can also get a set of the point guards in in CMYK oh, yeah. in blue and like cyan, magenta, yellow, and black, which is which is pretty great. Yeah, those are pretty. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. So I've I've kind of cooled off on those uh on those caps yeah. because I lost one. I lost yeah. one and that was all it took to be like, I <laughs> like these are too expensive to lose. That's why like the Kasua um, caps are for me. Like, right. Like the, yep. Those are the best. If you yeah. lose them, it's like no big deal. Yeah. The metal, like, yeah, those, those Kasua cap, those are perfect. Yeah. So I still have, I basically, I use my, I luckily I didn't lose. I bought two of the Jackie Robinson caps. Cause I was like, that was a cool theme that I really liked. So I got two of those. So I haven't lost those, but I usually, I've got my bolsa bag mm-hmm. that I keep 
pencils in and the pencils that are in the bolster bag all have those caps. So they always stay in that. So that's good. I just don't carry them in my pocket anymore. But. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we did it guys. We did it. <laughs> we caught up. <laughs> we, we caught up right there to the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the stream of, of pencil goodness that's been going Johnny, on. Johnny, what are world, you, so. what are you blathering about in the show notes? Oh, you I never asked the same question. You didn't see mall rats like 20 times when the magic eye. Mm-mm. Oh, there's a character who can't see the magic eye thing. And people <laughs> keep telling him it's a sailboat. And a little kid <laughs> says, oh, it's a schooner. And he goes, you dumb bastard. It's a sailboat. And the little kid says, a schooner is a sailboat, stupid. And he says, you know what? There is no Easter bunny over there. That's just a guy in a suit. It was played by. Uh, I mean, I've simply. seen mall rats, but I've... I not quite to that level. I'm older That's, than you. I've, I've never seen <laughs> I've never seen Mallrats. Really? But so I did have a dog named after a character in Mallrats. Which one? Because of my brother. <laughs> so I, I had a dog. I had a dog named Styles for a long time. <laughs> he got at, eaten by an alligator. I won't I'll, you tell that story another time. Wait, yeah. That would nope, be a we're cool out of time. Scene. We got to get. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No, totally true story. They moved to Hilton Head, and he was blind. And they left the door open what? and he wandered out and they found he was like he was a Jack Russell Terrier and he was like 16 years old. Wow. I mean, he was like ancient. I mean, he looked like a zombie when you saw him walking around the house. He just like <laughs> don't laugh. I mean, they <laughs> you know, it was just it was one of the situations where, you know, like modern medicine keeps pets alive, alive a lot longer than keeps humans they alive tend to a lot be, longer, you know, than they should. Yep, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. And so. Yeah, he'd seen better days, but oh, he wandered away. They lost him, and then they got a call from the somebody who found uh, his collar, and yeah, wow, told him what happened. So wow. it was it, he made his way onto a golf course, and in golf courses in Hilton Head, something you might come across is an alligator. Wow, so, Styles, That's bonkers. This episode is dedicated to you, <laughs> bud. Styles went out like so. in style like in yeah he, yeah that's, what yeah. a way to go s-t-y-l-z yeah he, yeah he lived through his name he wins that the it's <laughs> uh, if they had a dog version of the what are they called the not the einstein awards or darwin, the, darwin the, the opposite of that darwin yeah. awards yeah yeah oh buddy but i bet he put up a good fight though he was a good dog yeah yeah this is a really, really dark place to end an episode <laughs> and I, I i'm kind of surprised that you with I took it there yeah we're gonna end with dog death everybody's you know the most uplifting time yeah sorry about that guys <laughs> but it's just a story that when i hear something that's you know, i hear i hear mall rats and then it reminds me of styles and i can't talk about that dog that wonderful dog that we had without ending up talking about how he went because it was just too yeah uh, wow yeah, one of a kind <laughs> i thought you were gonna say his name was brody or the no styles <laughs> oh man. yeah all right well <laughs> Better end this before I talk about other dogs that died <laughs> keep, uh, in my life. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. All right. Johnny, where can people find you on the end? You could find me at pencilrevolution.com on social media at Pencilution. And you can pick up my awesome zines at etsy.com slash shop slash pencilrevolution. Okay. Andy? You will not find me on a golf course in Hilton Head. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at andy.wtf at my website or on Instagram and the other one, Twitter at at awelfly. <laughs> How about you, Tim? 
You can find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum, and I'm on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. And I finally worked up the courage to figure out why I can't get into my at Tim Wassum Instagram account uh-huh. and try to see if I can switch that over so they match. Because so, I don't have to say that stupid thing at the end of every episode <laughs> where I I have Timothy on Instagram. So I'm going to figure that out this week. So hopefully next episode, I'll just say, find me at Tim Wassum at places. Everywhere. Because that's what I am everywhere <laughs> else. Yeah, it's not, it's not a popular username, believe it or not. Huh. So you can support us on Patreon. We have extra content that we send out. Certain levels get freebies that are sent to you in the mail. We've got, we've sent out t-shirts this year. We also have an extra podcast we do called Indelible, which is a really fun pen podcast that we've been doing. Really enjoy that. So we send out about one of those a month. Is that what we've been doing? Yeah, ish. Yeah. More or less. Something like that. Yeah. And if you donate at the $10 level, you qualify as a producer it's the producer level of the podcast. And here are some of our producer level patrons. Patrons David Johnson, Phil Munson, Nate Rayback, Donnie Pierce, Bill Black, Miriam Bocout, Allison Zapeta, Diana Oakley, Tom Keekley, Andre Torres, Kyle, Paul Moorhead, Andre Squish, Ali Sarah, Jamelia, Stephen Franscali, Frank Solly, Aaron Willard, O.A. Pryor, K.P. Millie Blackwell, Chris L., Hunter McCain, Bob Ostwald, Michael Dialosa, Adam Prabola, Jacqueline R. Myers, Tana Feliz, Ann Sipe, Joe Crace, Measure Twice, Michael Hagen, Chris Metzkus, Bill Clow, Random Thinks, Jason Dill, Dave McDonald, Mary Collis, Alex Jonathan Brown, Andre Provost, Kathleen Rogers, Bobby Letzinger, Fourth Letter, Kelton Weens, Scott Hayes, Hans Noodleman, Jane Newton, Stuart Lennon, Dave Tubman, Chris Jones, and John Wood. So thank Yay, you to thank all you. of our supporters to help us pay for the things that help us keep this podcast going. We really, really, really appreciate you. Thanks uh, to our you supporters. Can they, the podcast. We're gonna we're gonna be going yeah. to space soon. On our very own spaceship. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah, we're. I think we're gonna we're gonna beat Richard Branson by three feet. Yeah, I think, we're I think go you're right. A little bit further up into space. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and it's actually gonna land right on our yacht. Yeah, out in <laughs> perfect. Yeah, out, <laughs> out in the Mediterranean Sea. It's gonna be pretty cool. So <laughs> you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Erasable Podcast. We are on Facebook. You can join our group at facebook.com/groups/erasable, and you can uh, like our Facebook ta- page to get updates about episodes and news at facebook.com/erasablepodcast. The show notes for this episode can be found at erasable.us/166. You'll find the links to all, uh, a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about today. If you have a second, if you could rate and review us on iTunes or recommend us on Overcast or whatever podcatcher you use, just push us up the the algorithm algorithm a little bit. We'd really appreciate that. So, thank you again for listening to episode 166, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Turn it off.